You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Hello and welcome to everyone out there on this wonderful afternoon here in Adelaide. My name is Daniel Menzel and I'm joined by the voice of summer here on Sports Day SA, Paul Bonser. <laughs> the voice of summer. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, g'day, Menz. How are you going? I'm great, mate. The only mainstay in this studio on Sports Day SA at the moment, so I thought you are the voice of summer. Yeah, and you've got the steering wheel tonight, so I'm a little nervous sitting in the passenger seat, but we're okay. I'm sure you'll be fine. We are okay. We are we are going to be fine. If you want to join the show, join on the Weeks open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes. Discover different. Text in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call on 1300 736 736. Now, look, we've got plenty to talk about on today's show. We uh, yes. will touch on the NBL later tonight. Uh, Adelaide 36 is obviously playing the Perth Wildcats. Yes, We're going to touch on a little bit of the NBA today, and then we're going to have a couple of special guests on. We're going to be joined by AFLW Adelaide Crows player Neve Kelly, and then we will close the show with Nuclear Nelg, a senior men's assistant coach and women's football operations and talent manager. Get that one out. Richie Douglas. (laughs) It's a long title, but well done to Glenelg Footy Club for getting Richie back to the club. He's originally a Glenelg player when he was drafted. Uh, so a fantastic news for him and for the Glenelg Footy Club. I'm sure he'll do good things down there. Absolutely, he will. But now it is time. It is hot topic time. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. First tea at Char Time. Explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves and I think we're going to start with a hot topic on the AFL bonds. We're going to go to a couple of topics. Let's start with the four umpires. Now, I know you briefly touched on this yeah, we with did. Mari last night um, with his uh, NBL background. He said the referees a couple of times, and I thought... <laughs> and he doesn't like them. He doesn't. And that was the other thing I was going to say. He did mention more than once that he's not a fan of the umpires, and... Now that there's four of them, it just means there's an extra person to, I guess, have a go at. Well, you should you should know this as well as anyone, that do we need another umpire on the field? Are they missing that many free kicks that there needs to be another umpire out there? No, the, the issue I have with this, Bonds, is that there is now four umpires instead of three. The umpires obviously need to be involved in the game. If they're not doing anything, then they're probably not doing their job. So that means there's one extra person out there that's looking at it from a different angle, different perspective, and probably thinking, I've got to call a couple of free kicks here. That's my job. If I don't call anything, then what am I doing? I shouldn't be out here. And so, unfortunately, the game has the potential to be over-umpired, and I know that fans will get irate if that happens. Especially initially. 100% because there's always that feeling outstage. And if they don't make decisions, everyone will go, what's the point of them being there? So the challenge I think they will have is with that is the amount of umpires. And you guys touched on it last night too. What it does to the talent underneath, the leagues underneath, it dilutes that talent 
And it means that, yes, at AFL level, you still might have extremely good umpires. Not that the fans would necessarily agree with that, but it means at the lower levels, you got your Sanford, your VFL, and then you go further than that. You go to your amateur league. It means that they're going to have to keep topping up with umpires. And I just have concerns about the talent level and the, the amount of umpires coming through. Especially, like you said, the, the extra competition is the women's competitions. Like, we need umpires for them as well. So... Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. I said this last night to me. It makes no sense at all, men's, why you would dilute that talent pool by increasing the numbers at AFL level when I don't think they're really needed. Are we really missing that many free kicks? Are we missing anything behind the play? No, because the camera picks it up worst-case scenario anyway. It makes no sense to me at all. I think it's a bad decision and they should reverse it. Yeah, it's, it's one that uh, they're going to get some pressure, no doubt, from fans about it as it goes along. The other one, while we're on the AFL, that I want to just briefly touch on is Brett Ratton has been announced today as assistant coach at North Melbourne. So, obviously, Alistair Clarkson has come into the senior coaching position. Ratton has been announced uh, as an assistant coach. He'll be a midfield coach for them. So, massive to get him on board. Uh, that expertise will be big. I think a lot of senior coaches learn a lot of things when they've been a senior coach and they get sacked. They do a yes. little bit of um, review and a bit of self-awareness. And I think it's going to be huge for them. They've got some experience now at North Melbourne. It's probably pretty exciting for the Kangaroos. And it's a part-time role as well. So he's got some time to spend away from the club and do other things. But obviously has a really good relationship with Clarko. They won three premierships together at the Hawks. So I think it was a natural fit. I think Clarko obviously had a little chat with him. He said, I'd love to. Uh, let's make it happen. So great news for the North Melbourne Footy Club. It can only help their cause. Absolutely. It can only help their cause. And look, they would have got him pretty cheap too because the well, probably the one good thing about being sacked as an AFL coach when you still have a contract is you have to be paid out, which means that North Melbourne wouldn't exactly be using too much of their cap of spending on Brett Ratton next year. So No, it's but all- he should – Still deserves to get paid. He, and he will get paid. Yes. Um, but uh, that's probably why it's also in that part-time capacity. But a, a good signing there for North Melbourne. And Clarkson's obviously going to be huge for them next year. So let's move off of the AFL. And let's touch on the WBBL Challenger, which is the Strikers versus the Heat here at Karen Rolton Oval tonight. The winner of this game gets into the final Saturday night against the Sixers. So... It is live on the screens right now. Bond, do you want to give us an And the Heat have just won the toss. And uh, Jess Jonathan has won the toss. I don't know what she's doing because we can't hear it. But um, it is a perler of an afternoon here in Adelaide. It is a fantastic afternoon. Finally, we got a spring day. Um, And there should be a good crowd down there tonight as well. As I drove past on the way here to the studio, there was quite a few cars going into the car park. So hopefully they have a fantastic crowd and... The strikers get across the line. Yeah, it'd be massive. There's obviously – you've still got time if you want to get there. It's 23 minutes from now. It's 6.30 is when the first ball will be. So mm. uh, the Heat have won the toss and will bat first. So get down and watch the strikers bowl. But if if you can't get that down there till later, then obviously get down there, see Deandra Dot and a few others try and run down this Heat's score. Well, that's good news because I, I think Talia McGraw would have bowled first. They like to bowl first. They like to restrict teams. They've got the best bowling lineup in the competition – and if they can keep them to sort of 140, 150, I think they'll chase that down easily. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. And obviously massive prize on the line to be able to get into the final Saturday against the Sixers in Sydney. As we mentioned, 
The other one I just want to touch on really briefly, Daniel Ricciardo in the F1 uh, will return to Red Bull Racing next season as the team's third driver. So obviously a backup role for him. It's different to what he's been doing. Yes. How do you see that move for him and for Red Bull? Have you seen how big his smile is, <laughs> has been in the last uh, – in all the all the promo, promo photos? He, look, it's a perfect transition year for him. He goes back to Red Bull where he's loved. They like him. He is the backup driver, so it's a part-time role. He gets a bit of coin. I think he's probably somewhere between maybe a couple of hundred thousand a year, maybe a little bit more than that, um, to to do that role, to be a test driver and to be a backup if, if anything goes wrong with their number one and number two drivers. Yeah, and I think the thing that is exciting for him and I think the F1 fans will know this is that Max Verstappen and Checo Perez, the two teammates, didn't exactly finish the year uh, loving each other. Um, yep. Obviously, the second to last race, um, Perez was in front of Verstappen. He was told by team orders to let him through so they can try and chase down a couple. He did that. And then, obviously, Perez is the one who needs the points because Max has already won the championship. They said, let let Checo back past. And Max said no. <laughs> and continued driving on the last lap and took the points away from Perez, who needed him because, in yes. the end, he ended up coming third in the championship. He lost out to Charles Leclerc, who finished second. So... Max has said, look, we've resolved it. We've talked about it. But um, there is a little bit of fractures Have there. Have they, though? Well, and maybe Ricardo smelled <laughs> the roses here and gone, one year as a backup driver, I'll see this absolutely implode in front of me and I'll just walk into one of these seats in 2024. I, I think it's a really good refresh for Daniel Ricardo. He still keeps him around the teams. But, uh, but yeah, it, it takes the pressure off him for a year. He can just sit back and just enjoy himself for a year and then uh, with a view of getting an, a, another main seat next year. Absolutely. The last one on the hot topic I want to touch on, Bonds, we've got to touch on it. It's the biggest thing in the world at the moment. It's the Soccer World Cup. And we saw another massive upset last yes. night. So obviously you talked about it last night, Saudi Arabia winning 2-1 against Argentina, against Lionel Messi. We saw the exact same thing happen last night with Japan, who come from behind as well, to beat Germany 2-1 as well. An incredible game. The Japanese fans were going wild in the stands. They were. They were. They, look, it, it's something that, about soccer that when you score a goal, because there are not many goals scored in soccer, yeah. you, people lose their stuff when, when the goal scored. Yep. But for Japan to beat Germany, that's that's box office. That's amazing stuff. What I did like, which you will never see again and maybe ne never in any country ever, will you see the fans, after they've got the win, oh, we'll just clean up our, after ourselves. they got the rubbish in the rubbish bags. They're taking them out to the bins, leaving the stadium nice and clean for the next lot. It is. <laughs> it was amazing. It is incredible what it says about the Japanese culture. They actually did that in the first game as well. They didn't even play. It was Qatar and Ecuador and there was Japanese fans that went stayed around afterwards and cleaned up the stadium. Up the stadium. It's actually incredible. Um, awesome. The example they are setting to the rest of the world. A couple of other games overnight. Spain, who have a very young and youthful team, won 7-0 against Costa Rica. They are looking extremely good after their first match. And Belgium, who have a lot of good players. They've been around the mark for a long time. They're ranked number two in the world. A lot of people have wrote them off, but they got a 1-0 win over Canada last night, which is extremely important for them because – in the past, they've had expectation. They haven't quite lived up to it. Potentially, they might go under the radar this year. 
And at their best, they've got Kevin De Bruyne. They've got plenty of players in that team that can absolutely, Eden Hazard's another one as well, that can get it done and they can win the whole thing. Yeah, I don't mind Spain either. They've, as you mentioned, they've got a young team, but they do like to hang on to the ball a bit. And in this heat, I think that's uh, a positive for Spain. Absolutely. It is warm over there with uh, in the Qatar conditions. Obviously, a lot of different stadiums built in the middle of nowhere over there as well, which is making it very challenging. But they are pushing on. They are getting through, as we will today as well. Stick around. After the break, we're going to talk basketball here. Uh, and if you want to watch a bit of NFL stream, every NFL game this season live on NFL Game Pass, visit nflgamepass.com. You're listening to Sports Day. For Kia, Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day SA. Daniel Menzel here with Paul Bonser. Now, Bonser, we're going to get on to the Greyhounds here in South Australia. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. For expert Greyhound racing tips, follow the Dogs SA on Twitter or Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. Let's get across to Sean Matheson and talk some greyhounds here tonight in Adelaide. Sean, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Great to be on the show tonight. Now, it's great to have you, mate. It's uh, obviously a perfect night for the greyhounds. We've touched on it here in Adelaide. It is wonderful outside. Great conditions. So no pressure, mate, but no excuses tonight. What have you got for us as probably the best bet of the night? Yeah, so yeah, so great night at the Greyhounds. Always good to get out here. So the best bet will come up in race one, probably in about 20-odd minutes. Uh, race one, number four, Springvale Roxy. Uh, she ran third in the heat of this race last week at Murray Bridge, back to Angle Park. She's the leader of this race, and she'll be able to pinch a nice break. And around that even money, she should be able to uh, hang on and win for us. Absolutely. So we like that one. In about 20 minutes as well, for those listening, absolutely get behind Sean there. What about a value bet at Angle Park? Value a little bit later in the night. We'll go with race 11, number four, a dog called Zipping Chew. He's around $6.50. It's in a small field. Uh, He's a dog that actually runs home. All the other dogs want to go forward. He'll run home. So hopefully um, he gets a nice clear passage mid-race and he'll be storming over the top of him. So look for him late in the race, charging home. And hopefully at the 650, that'll be a great value play. So race 11 and number four, zipping two. It sounds like, sounds like my sort of bet. I might have a little, uh, a little casual wager on that one, men. the blue dog right in the middle as well. So hopefully some early speed for us. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, Sean, uh, uh, Greyhound Racing uh, at Angle Park, it's just a great night, isn't it? If you haven't been before, people need to get down there, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our main meeting's on a Thursday night. We do race on Mondays as well and Saturday morning. But, yeah, it's a good night to come along, bring the kids. Thursday night, not too late. Have a nice feed, bit of live action, bit of racing. Um, yeah, and like you spoke of, the weather now, hopefully coming to some nice, beautiful weather. No doubt it's a, a nice time to be out and about. Now, Sean, I want to ask you about a trainer down there, actually. Benny Rawlins had a lot of success lately. I actually played footy with him growing up. Um, any greyhounds potentially that he's got or any success of late that you can fill us in on? Oh, Ben's been having a wonderful run. I think he had like four winners at Gawler only a few days ago. Um, yeah, he's got some really nice dogs around him. He has a few good chances tonight as well. Um, so I'm 
he's been going very good. He's not a bad footballer as well, by all reports. If you ask Ben, anyway, he's a very good <laughs> footballer. Look, he um, made a few they, squads when he was younger, so he's, he goes there, he's handy. Yeah, no, nah, he's good, and he's been great. A good young bloke coming through the Greyhounds. I mean, it's, it takes all kinds, and he's having a wonderful run of success. So, um, yeah, anything that Ben's name is on, then it's, he's definitely worth following. Absolutely. So we'll follow Ben tonight in a couple of races that you touched on. I looked at it then. If we – yeah, go, go Shawnee. Uh, I reckon race five, number six, chairman for Ben. I reckon over the 5.95 tonight, around the $2.50, $2.60 mark, it's a really nice type. And I reckon you can follow it not just tonight, because I reckon it will win tonight, but also in the future as well. There you have it. So three tips you've given us. Race Sneaky. one, number four, Springvale Roxy. Race five, number six, chairman. And race 11, number four, Zipping Chew. So... Shawnee, if my maths is correct, if I multi them up, I'll get about $30 for that. So no pressure on backing those three in and getting us the uh, the big win tonight. Obviously, gamble responsibly, but we're going to back you in. Excellent. No, hopefully it all comes in and then everyone's happy. Absolutely. Shawnee Matheson there, obviously from Greyhound Tips. Thanks for joining us today, mate, and uh, all the best with everything. Thanks. Thanks, boys. There you go, Bond. So hopefully, uh, hopefully a easy nice money. one, easy money in fifteen easy minutes' money. time in race one, and then see how you go from there. Basically, by the sounds of what Shawnee was saying, and we're going to go from there to the NBL, which obviously is on tonight. The Adelaide Thirty Sixers are playing the Perth Wildcats in Perth. Yes, uh, I want to um, massive game. It is a huge game for us, and I want to delve into this just a little bit with yourself because you obviously call the Adelaide Thirty Sixers games. You are all across it. What do we need to do? tonight to be able to win over there in a hostile environment. I think we, I think we match up with Perth really well. And, and Marzi and Rupert, who was on last night, said it, that the Wildcats aren't the Wildcats that they used to be. Yes, they've got Bryce Cotton. If he goes off and scores a million, well, not much you can do about that. You're beaten by a better team. Brady Manick, last time in Adelaide, he had his probably a game that saved his career. He might have been back on a plane to the US if he didn't score 20-odd points against the Sixers last time out. So... Look, I, I think they match up really well. The Sixers are starting to play some really good basketball and um, just, to, I guess, a, a tip my hat a little bit to the Wildcats here. They're raising money for breast cancer tonight. They'll wear a pink strip, which they do every year. So uh, great, to, great to see the Wildcats do that. I'm glad you mentioned that about tipping the hat to the Wildcats because mm. I have heard you say in the past about how we're not big fans of the Wildcats and we like beating Perth, but here... At SEN, we love the Perth Wildcats. We're big fans of them, aren't we? We, we are. We are. We uh, The owners are ripping bloke too. Yeah, um, <laughs> an incredible organisation and ran extremely well. Um, but we'd love to beat them tonight. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that'll be on SENSA and on SENWA, if you're listening over there, Troy. Uh, Tim Gossage and Andrew Vlahoff will be doing the commentary and that'll start about 9 o'clock Adelaide time. Yeah, Will. And so Perth obviously beat us uh, a fortnight back here. You called the game 89 to 94 mm. and they've won two in a row. So they are just starting to get on a little run here where they'll get some confidence from that and look to kick, kick start their season. As you said, they're not really going. They're fifth on the ladder at five and five. We are seventh on the ladder at four and five. So you touched on it. It's a huge game. Yeah. Top six though this year. But they then they come home, the Sixers come home and then play Cairns uh, on the Friday the 2nd, which is Friday week. Friday week, so that would be a, a great game to get along to. Do you think we're going better without Craig Randall? Yes. Or we, you do? Yes. You think we'll be more cohesive? Yes. Everyone's getting a bit more of the ball, which is, yeah. The, yes. m- the mouths are getting fed. 
I have heard Sapper mention that actually, and that is massive in in basketball. We see that we touch on the Brooklyn Nets, and they struggle to do that. Yeah, um, but that is definitely the case. Will we get an import really quickly? Uh, not just yet. They'll hang on for a while because they'll wait and see how things pan out. I think because they're playing some good basketball, and if they keep building. I think they'll just keep getting better and better. And they probably don't need it. they got some yeah. really good Aussies. You're right. They are really starting to blend together the now. Karen, Johnson, Ditch. Black Friday deals are now on at Toolkit Depot. Stock is limited, so make sure you get in quick. After the break, we will be catching up with Neve Kelly from the Crows AFLW side. And then we're going to talk to Richie Douglas about his new role at Glenelg down at the Bays where he started his career here in the Sample. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Yes, welcome back to Sports Day SA. Text in on the week's open line 0427 154 166. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes. Discover different. Now, Bonds, our next guest is brought to us by Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Now, she comes from the Adelaide Crows AFLW side. Neve Kelly, great to chat to you. Welcome to Sports Day. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Now, look, it's great to have you on. Uh, we obviously got in contact with you today and uh, I did a little bit of research and obviously saw that you've got your Irish background. There's a number of Irish footballers in the AFLW League now. You've got your sister who plays um, at St Kilda. So... I want to touch on her in a second, but before we do, you spent three years at West Coast and this was your first year at Adelaide. How did you find the transition from Perth over to Adelaide? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I've moved across this year from West Coast and, yeah, I had three great years at West Coast learning the game and, um, yeah, traded across in, in uh, July this year, I came across and I've absolutely been, been loving my journey so far with the girls. Um, yeah, just I've been developing as a footballer here and the coaches and the girls have been all been incredible as well so um yeah it's been uh, a bit of a step up as well and the intensity has been a huge as well so i feel like i'm really um uh, learning a lot and um yeah obviously we had a disappointing weekend last weekend um against brisbane but yeah o- overall it was um a very good first season with them and i've really enjoyed it oh, it's great to hear and you touched on it there a little bit that you came across from west coast you obviously moved from ireland over with your sister grace you obviously made the decision to come to Adelaide. She made the decision to go to St Kilda. How has it been? You obviously moved across the other side of the world with each other. You've spent a year apart now. How have you gone with staying in contact and how's that transition been? Yeah, really good. Yeah, obviously, yeah, three years with, with Grace, my sister, and uh, we're very close as well. So, uh, yeah, it was different at the start for sure. But, um, yeah, I think we, we needed that space. We were messing with each other. We were like, you know, it's like a, a little break up here. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, um, it's been brilliant. We've had a lot of our away games in Melbourne as well, actually. So I've, I've got to see her quite a lot throughout the season. And, um, yeah, I was actually over in Melbourne yesterday for the W Awards. So I, I spent a night with, with my sister, too. So um, I've actually seen her about 10 times since I've moved to Adelaide, which is a lot more than I thought. Um, but, yeah, I've, uh, she's, she's in St Kilda now, and she's loving it there. And, um yeah, just we kind of both made the decision to, to kind of, yeah, to, to switch clubs last season. And, um, yeah, we've both really enjoyed it so far. Fantastic. What about your season personally, Neve? How have you seen your personal season, apart from Crows obviously had a good season making the prelim? What about your, your own form? 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, in round one, I, I debuted against um, Melbourne, which I was delighted about. And um, probably, uh, being honest, probably took me a little while to, to find my feet in the team and um, didn't play the next two rounds. So, obviously, a little bit disappointed to, to lose out, but came back in, worked my way in for round four and played against Collingwood. And unfortunately, I dislocated up my shoulder in that game. So, um, I was out for a couple of games, which was disappointing, but um, I was able to strap it up and um, and play through the season then with uh, with the shoulder. But, um, yeah, I've absolutely loved it. Um, I think being out for a couple of games gave me, like, more desire getting back and uh, was able to sit down and watch, um, you know, loads of vision with coaches and, and do extra skills and stuff like that. Um, obviously, with the shoulder, it's a little bit limited, but um, it was, yeah, a huge learning journey for me as well. And um, just kind of being able to, to work on the strengths that, that I could work on and um, yeah I'll get surgery at the end of the season now to, to fix it up but um, it was yeah it was brilliant to still be able to play the season with it and um, I've absolutely loved my journey here with with um, Adelaide since I've been here so um, yeah I've just been loving it and the girls have been incredible as well so just learning so much from the likes of Chelsea and um, Evelyn Marinoff and, and Hatchie and all these girls they've yeah really welcomed me in and um, yeah just constantly learning from them. Oh, it's a it's a super way to approach the situation, Eve, that you said in terms of the shoulder injury and trying to learn as much as you can. So you touched on it there briefly that you're going to have surgery. What's the recovery look like? How how long is it going to set you back? And um, will you be right to go, I guess, the start of next season? Yeah, so I'll get surgery in about uh, two or three weeks' time. Um, so, yeah, I'll get, they say, six weeks in a sling and then, um, uh, yeah, a couple of, I think they say four to six months um, until I'm back out there again. So I should be back in time then for pre-season, which is perfect. Maybe miss a couple of weeks, but I'll still be able to run just um, probably non-contact for the first maybe couple of weeks. But yeah, it should be great timing really. It's it's great that um, we actually have a little bit of downtime now as well. So it's probably the best time to get the surgery if, if there ever was a good time. Um, so yeah, lucky that I have time on my side. Yeah, exactly that. And I touched on it at the start with you obviously coming over with your sister. There's a fair Irish contingent now in the AFLW with Sarah Rowe, who's obviously at Collingwood. You've got Aisling, I might be pronouncing that wrong, Sheridan at Collingwood. We've got all Ori Dyer at Brisbane, Mackins at Melbourne. Um, there must be a fair bit of exposure over in Ireland to get all you girls across. Yeah, for sure. Gaelic football at home would be um, the sport where we all came from at home. So, um, it's it's definitely a sport that's on the rise at home as well, just like AFLW is here. And um, yeah, I suppose um, yeah, a lot of the girls, a few girls, without the start, of course, on to would have been the first Irish to come out. Um, I think back in 2016 or 17, and then a couple of girls came out the following year. And yeah, I think the, the girls that went out initially got on very well. And four four seasons ago, myself and my sister and like Ashley Sheridan and a few more. Um, the girls came out and, and done well and then yeah this season there's been I think six or seven new girls that have came out so all in all there's 20 of us um, and yeah it's great to see but there's a, a channel back home that do show some of the games that are played so um, a lot of people at home are, are keeping up to date with, with all of us out here which is really nice and um, yeah it's great that AFLW is shown back in Ireland as well and there's a huge interest there back in Ireland too. Now, you mentioned back home. What Are you staying in Adelaide in the off-season? You're having the surgery here and, and then doing your recovery here or are you heading back to Ireland? Yeah, so I've actually decided that I'm going to stay out in Adelaide and uh, get surgery here and do my recovery here. So 
Um, my boyfriend has just moved out from home as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll spend uh, the off-season out here and uh, do a little bit of travelling and, um, yeah, get get the shoulder right and um, focus on rehab and, and getting fit for next season. So, yeah, really enjoy the, the summer now um, and the off-season, which will be great. And, yeah, getting to see a little bit more of Australia too, which which is nice. Absolutely. That'll be fantastic in our summer out here. Hopefully it doesn't get too hot for you. But, uh, Neve. <laughs> Uh, the question I want to ask is in relation to this weekend's AFLW Grand Final. Obviously, Brisbane takes on Melbourne. I want to know, you've obviously played against the sides. Who do you see winning this game? Yeah, I think it will be a really good battle between Brisbane and Melbourne. They've both had very, very strong seasons. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually I can't call it really. But I think I think if, if Brisbane give if they're all for the, the four quarters, I I think they might tip Melbourne, but I, I do think they'll go neck, neck and neck. Um, and I, I reckon it'll be a tight game. Good, good. Staying, sitting on the fence. Very good answer. <laughs> very politically correct answer. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, you talked about the AFLW Awards, which you uh, went to, and your captain, your sensational captain, Chelsea Randall, took out most courageous and best captain I mean, that's that's two massive awards that uh, any player would love to win one of them. But, one, how was the experience? And, and to be able to play with someone like Chelsea, how's that been? Oh, yeah, Chelsea's unbelievable. Like, she's an incredible player and captain and, um, and person, but just learning so much from her. Um, like, she's just an incredible person off the field as well and just constantly in a good mood, getting around everyone. And, um, yeah, always puts everybody else first, but... Yeah, she's just so courageous, like the way she plays. She puts her body on the line in every game. Um, so, yeah, it's just been incredible um, learning from the likes of her and, um, and all the other girls in the club. So, yeah, I'm delighted for her. And it was well-deserved that she, she picked up them two awards because, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a credit to her that the players voted for her as well. So, um, yeah, everyone can kind of see the, the type of player and person she is. But, yeah, she's an incredible leader as well. And, um, yeah, always looking out for others. And Neve, before we let you go, uh, time to hang some. I guess give give your teammates a bit of grief. Uh, who's the most annoying teammate you, that you have? Like, is there one that stands out? Is there one that's just messy in the oh, change rooms, or who's who annoys you the most? You're going to get me in trouble here, but <laughs> just a, in a nice way, in a teammate sort of way. I got to say, Nafi is is absolutely hilarious. Um, Ebony Marinoff, yes. she's just. Always upbeat, uh, crazy, just, yeah, I don't know. She's always constant on the go, but, yeah, she's hilarious. And, um, yeah, she just say anything she's got. <laughs> yeah, no, good answer there. Neve, last one from me is, has the family got out? Obviously, Grace is uh, playing over here, but has the family got over to Australia to see you girls play yet? Yeah, actually, my mum is over here at the minute. Um, she's over in Melbourne. Um, so she's been here for about a month. Um, so she's been a couple of been about two weeks in Adelaide and now she's in Melbourne so she even got to Gold Coast at the weekend as well um, to watch us playing against Brisbane so yeah it's been lovely having her out here and um, yeah my boyfriend has just moved out as well so yeah plenty of home out here which is great and a couple of my friends have, have just moved out to, to Melbourne which isn't that far away as well so um, yeah it's definitely uh, there's definitely a lot of Irish out here for sure. Absolutely. And that's great to hear as well that you've got that support network around you. So, Neve Kelly, thanks very much for joining us here on Sports Day. All the best with the shoulder and the rehab. And hopefully you're right to go for the start of next season. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. There you have it. Neve Kelly there from the Crows AFLW team. Um, 20 
Irish girls out here now. Bonds, yeah, it's incredible. How good's that accent too? Uh, it, it is a great it's, it's accent. It's hard not to love that accent. A hundred percent. And it just shows how games translate. The Gaelic footy, obviously, over there. I played at school here and it's a hard game, but it is as close to AFL as possible. And it's why you see the Irish come over and yep. dominate straight away, to be honest. Yes. Yes. They pick up the Aussie rules footy pretty quickly, don't they? It doesn't take them long to translate uh, into AFL. Yeah. Look, great, great chat with her. And um, yeah, I'm sure I, I see her as a real, just a lot of the Irish players, they're just fearless. They are. And I see that in her as well. 100%, and it shows their game over there that um, they don't have tackling in the game, but they come yes. over here, and you're right, you'd think they'd be on the outside, but they are hard at the contest as anyone. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, it is. It's great to see, and it be interesting to see that pathway because there's 20 there now. Wait till we – we're going to get a few more come over as well, and obviously with the game getting better and better, it's uh, – it's going to be great for the competition and, um, and uh, yeah, really exciting to see how she progresses forward. How long before an AFLW International Series, Australia take on Ireland? That would be massive, actually. It, uh, it probably isn't far away. If there's 20 of them now, I'm pretty sure they'll put their hands up to play for Ireland. Absolutely. Now, we better get to our next guest. We've moved from one AFLW player to a former AFL player for the Adelaide Crows. Before we move on to him, he's going to be brought to us by Tire Power, brands you can trust like Maxxis Tires. Big holiday sale on now. Bonds, I'm pleased to announce our next guest as not a former AFL Adelaide Crows player, but a new current Bays assistant, Richie Douglas. Richie, how are you going? Boys, yeah, very well, thank you. How are you guys? No, we're going well, thanks, mate. So um, plenty of questions to obviously ask you with obviously the new role at the Bays. You are the senior men's assistant coach and the Glenelg Football Operations and Talent Manager on the women's side. Um, Richie, how did this come about? Yeah, and that's been a bit of a, a work in progress, to be honest, with um, caught up with Paul Sandico from the Bays, who's the GM of their footy in the men's program. Um, you know, for probably a year or two and just talking about footy and, and his pathways and I had a bit of a passion for the administrative side of things and obviously um, coaching and the like. So um, I guess with, with the cap being cut a bit with spending with COVID the last few years, it was really tough to, to get involved, you know, with footy clubs in a full-time basis. But thankfully, um, spending's gone up a little bit, allowing roles like that to move into more full-time, which has um, certainly benefited me. So, yeah, seen an opening there at Glenelg and... Um, really looking forward to it. As you mentioned, it's you know part two part really role with the women's and overseeing what they do, um, you know imparting some knowledge on them and also helping out with the men's program and uh, looking to yeah share some knowledge um, what I've gained over the years and, and working the welfare space and recruiting and and all that. So yeah, really excited. Um, been a really good club for you know period of time the other bays and looking to climb back up the ladder. So can't wait to get stuck in with the men's program. Uh, Richie, um, is it uh, midfield that you'll concentrate on? Uh, I haven't really finalised that, really, to be honest. Okay. The, the coaching structure, how that may look, that probably most natural fit. Um, forward mid, probably don't know too much about defence, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Do clear of that one. I'll land that one over. But, uh, yeah, we don't know how we structure. I mean, we might even do an offensive, defensive coach sort of right. set up and we'll work through that over the summer and, and nut that out. But, um, obviously got a lot of experienced players through the midfield as well. We know of um, played some good footy, so would love to be involved in the mids. And even if I'm not officially, I'll still certainly work with those boys and try and mentor and um, you know challenge them definitely. Now, Richie, obviously a lot of 
people out there would know you as the AFL Crows, AFL player, and Norwood as well as in recent years. But you actually got drafted in the mini draft from Victoria to Glenelg. So you're back at the Bays. You played 27 games for the Bays. So personally mm. on you, how is the body? And will we see you running around anywhere next year? <laughs> uh, it was a Quite funny, a few people did text me getting confused with the message thing. I was going back to play at the Bays and, yes. and not in the role that I'm in, so I thought that was quite funny. But, um, yeah, back in the days, you mentioned the mini-draft, you know, where players uh, from interstate come over and local teams would pick them up. I thought that was a fantastic system and really benefited me with you know, with my footy journey early days because I think when you're in the AFL system, you don't know men. You get a bit institutionalised and you, you only know one thing and when you're just around those boys all the time, you, you don't get to get out and, and socialise and... Been able to go to Glenelg as a young kid, meeting all those guys, and and to be honest, probably led me astray a couple of times. But um, it was uh, a good fun and a good release from the Crows, and um, you know, to be able to get back there, what is it, six, sixteen years later, seventeen years, um, is nice. So a few ties to the to the club, and only just live around the corner too, so that that makes things a bit easier. It's worked out super well for you. Hey, the other one I wanted to ask you about I was really curious with this when. You're at Norwood and the roles that you've taken on. And so just fill us in, I guess, on the director of football coaching at St. Peter's and the head development coach at the Simon Black Academy here in Adelaide. How were those roles for you? And I guess, have they been stepping stones along the way to get to where you've got to and where you're going to go to? Yeah, good question. Yeah, certainly I think, you know, when you leave the system, you probably lack a little bit of direction. You think you're probably ready, but you're not. I don't think you're ever kind of ready to move on from, from that environment. So... I just really wanted to do a few different things, um, dip my toes in a few different areas and see where my passions lie. So particularly at Saints, you're working with um, you know young kids and, and they're really passionate about their footy. So that sort of brings that back that passion back for you. Um, obviously at a lot less intensity and not as much focus on winning. So you're more working on your fundamental skills and, and education and, and fun. So that was a really good learning for me and to be able to improve that level for myself. And, and Simon Black is working with kids who have had really tough upbringings and um, footy is just, a, I guess, a vehicle for them to have some enjoyment and, and some, a safe place, to be honest. So um, I guess that sort of ties into the welfare space for me. So a lot of learnings and I think it's been really beneficial stepping away from that elite environment where it's just all about winning and it's, um, you know, one week just rolls into the next, as you know, and um, been able to just, just slow down and, and reflect on my footy journey and, and where my passions do lie. And I think... Um, it's certainly in the coaching space, but also in, in the administrative side of things with, you know, with management, recruiting and, and welfare. So looking forward to, to this role. And I think it ticks a lot of those boxes. And I guess at the sample level, when you're full time, you, you're a bit of jack of all trades. You've got to really get stuck in and help out and, and do a lot of things. So over the next few years, I, I plan to do that and, and really learn a lot and hopefully propels you into you know, a role um, at, at high grades, I guess. Speaking of learning, over your career and quite a, a, obviously a very successful career, is there one coach that sort of stands out in your mind as this is how I want to be? If I'm going to ever be a coach of a senior team, I'm going to be a lot like this guy? Um, yeah, good question. I think uh, you pick out things from different coaches, both positive and, and negative things that you you take and develop your own philosophy. Um, I think I'm still working on that and what it does look like, but... Um, I was lucky or unlucky enough to have probably six or seven coaches throughout my, my career. Um, had two at Nord in two years and I think four at the Crows. So um, learn a hell of a lot from every coach, all different type of things, um, you know, 
Craigie early days was all about professional habits. So I learned how to train, learned how to work, how to live like an AFL player. And, and Sando brought in a bit of flair, offensive style of footy, um, you know, while she was just flat out intense and, and just you had to be doing everything right all the time and your game education had to be up to the level and his passion for footy was, was huge. And then Pikey come in and sort of just, again, a little bit like Sando, we really want us to be offensively and offensive type of team. So you learn a lot from those guys and I learned a hell of a lot from Twig and Lord, to be honest, last year and really loved what he did. Um, so, yeah, a combination of all coaches just sort of tied in together and I think that sort of... Um, how you develop your philosophies and how you want to go about it. Yeah, you mentioned some great coaches there, Richie. Is is that something, I guess, that might be a stepping stone or a pathway for you in terms of AFL-wise? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I sort yeah. of promised myself I probably wouldn't, but yeah, um, I think, you, you know, you, you don't know what it's like. You're a driven athlete. You want to win. You're a competitor. Um, so you kind of get the itch. Um, when I first come out of footy, I I've seen my mates go into development roles and thought, I just can't do that. I don't want to do that. It wouldn't put my family through. Like, the amount of hours they work and, um, you know, they get asked to do a hell of a lot. Um, so I think I've taken a bit of a different path. Go back through sample level where you can get a greater understanding of footy club. Um, you can work in a number of different roles, as I mentioned, and um, you can sort of prepare yourself forward in that, in that sort of space. But, yeah, I think coaching... There's certainly a passion there. At, at what level, I'm not sure. At the moment, it's probably more development space, as in um, holistically. Um, so we'll sort of, you know, explore that in the next few years and see where it lands. Might not be able to answer this, but what do you think you enjoy most out of coaching? Uh, I love the hands-on stuff. Obviously, you know, getting um, the hands dirty down to their level and, and working on simple craft, whether it be stoppage craft, body movement, um, kicking, and just the fundamentals of the game. Um, again, I mentioned that the, the, the development coaches, they watch a lot of vision They um, in their office a lot. It's not really where my passions lie, I think. Um, getting hands-on and, and just building those relationships with young kids, you know. Life's more about uh, footy, you know, not everything. Um, so, you know, obviously you're in the footy space, but also just talking about life. And um, as long as they're happy in that space, I reckon they play good footy, so look at things pretty holistically, really. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last one, Richie, before we let you go, there's always a bit of conjecture every year about the Crows and the Port Reserves teams being in the Sandful. I think you're probably as well-versed as anyone to comment on this, obviously being at AFL level and Sandful level. What's your thoughts on them being in the competition and the importance of that? Yeah, another good question. I think uh, in terms of, um, you know, the competition as a whole, I think it's wonderful. I think... As sample players are at local clubs, they get the opportunity to compare themselves against AFL listed players. I think it's a fantastic challenge. I know when I was at Norwood, we used to love coming up against Port and the Crows and the guys that hadn't been on AFL list. They get to test themselves out and then see where they're at. You know whether they're close or, or they've got to be work to do. Um, and you know I, I understand the history of the competition and um, it's not ideal in, in that respect, but um, financially it still makes a lot of sense. And I think. Um, you know, 10 teams is, is a good thing. If it drops down to eight, it's probably going to get a bit over it, wouldn't you? Play, you know, same team every second or third week. Not really, but every, you know, seven rounds. So I think it's strong. We've seen when, when Port and, and the Crows are strong, I think it adds a dimension, definitely. But, um, yeah, if they're not competitive, it, it does make it hard. 
Absolutely. It might not have been the most popular answer, Bonds, but it is a very smart answer, that one. He's spot on there. Smart man. Absolutely. Come on, Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richie, we just want to say thanks for joining us. Obviously, all your work here on Sports Day SA and all the best with everything at Glenelg moving forward. And uh, we have no doubt you'll have a major impact on that club next season. Nah, got any boys. Love your work. Looking, sounding very good on air. So, I uh, look forward to joining you soon. Thank you, mate. Richie Douglas there from the Glenelg Football Club. Yes. We can uh, now obviously say that. And Dougie's a tiger. He is a tiger. He's back to where his roots began here in South Australia when he came over from Victoria. So they've got a good one there. He'll uh, obviously work on the men's and the women's side. So very important there and great one for Glenelg. Now, we've got about a minute to go before we wrap here. Bonds, I'm going to hand this over to you right now. Well, I've... I've... I might, I might save that for tomorrow. But anyway, I've got a little something. I don't know if we've got time to do it. So what I'll do is I'll shift it to tomorrow. But I want to make sure that everyone is on the back of the strikers. They're underway at uh, Karen Rolton Oval and uh, get behind the girls. Hopefully they can get the win and then play Sydney Sixers on Saturday. So if, um, if uh, you're not watching it now, go watch it. And also the 36ers. Later tonight, 9 o'clock um, on SENSA, Sixers taking on the Wildcats. Yes, they are. Obviously, the World Cup soccer overnight as well. Some good games there that we'll be able to tune in for and watch tomorrow and talk about tomorrow. And the other one as well I want to talk about tomorrow, Bonds, is it's Thanksgiving over in America. they got three yes. massive games on of NFL. So make sure you tune into that. We will no doubt touch on that and break that down tomorrow in tomorrow's show as well. So... It's been brought to us by the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. Another fabulous, fabulous show. It's been great having you on today, hosting, hosting this for you, Bonds. We'll see you tomorrow on Sports Day SA. Listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV.